0: There are a lot of big events happening today. It is the 50th episode, if you don't count the 12 bonus episodes. It is one day from the six month anniversary of me launching this podcast. And it is yet another one of our 10th episodes in which we talk about an organizing rule you should break. But I'm going to break that role today because as you may have read in the title i'm going to actually talk about an organizing role i think that's worth keeping and i'm going to announce the three winners of the virtual organizing sessions jump starts with joy today so much to dig into let's get started hey friend welcome to the joy loving home podcast i'm joy wife mom of 4 <laughs> and unorganized professional organizer. I have a heart for ADHD moms and kids. After spending years learning and organizing for other people, I realized there's a real need to turn the concept of being well-planned and organized upside down. It shouldn't be created exclusively by type A naturally organized people as a way to fix you or your home. Organizing, planning, and productivity should fit the way our brains think. Albert Einstein said, Everybody's a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. (laughs) Well, fish, let's quit trying to climb trees while being given tips by well-intentioned monkeys who cannot understand how our brains think. Join me in the water and learn how to swim with the current of your life. It's time to choose unorganized organization and flexible productivity. It's time to choose progress over perfection. I'm in this journey with you, and together, we can choose joy. Before we dig into today's episode, I need to preface by saying that I am on the recovery side of COVID, blessed to have not hit our household until now, Uh, many friends and family, but not our direct household. I normally struggle with vocal fry, and I try to add it edit my breaths out for you guys so it's not too annoying, but today I feel like I'm sucking for air a little more than normal, and I will do my best in editing that you guys don't have to suffer through this, but if my voice is off and there seems to be a lot more breathing, uh, that will be my reasoning. The other thing I wanted to say is this is the third time I've tried to record this exact same episode, and my brain feels very foggy still and a little all over the place, and I have finally decided. I preach progress over perfection. And if I'm going to follow my own advice and set an example, I've got to go ahead and push through and get this episode out because I do feel like it should have value. <laughs> and that any loops that start to happen with my brain, y'all will have some forgiveness and we will get through what's actually the beneficial nuggets of this. And then I also want to say, Please stick through to the end because I am going to announce the contest winners for the Jumpstart with Joy virtual organizing sessions. The three folks that that I announced today will be contacted by me directly through email. If any of them turn it down, I'm just going to keep drawing until I have three people that are like, yes, I'm in, this sounds awesome, and are ready to do a virtual organizing session with me. So stay tuned to the end for that little bit of information. Every 10th episode is always break this organizing rule. And today, based on the title, you see that it's called keep this organizing rule. And I will say, I'm going to have you keep it with a little bit of some cautions, and I'm going to bend the rule. I guess this one's not worth breaking. It's worth bending. <laughs> that may be the best way to say it. All right. So, the rule is have a place for everything and everything in its place. And I know that probably if you were to see the def- definition of an organized person, it would be. Someone who has a place for everything and everything is in its place. And I know you guys are probably like, Joy, that has always been my goal, but I have never been able to achieve it. And then I found you and you started talking about fish and this is such a monkey thing. Why are you now the one telling us that this should be something we're striving for? Well, I do think there is some value to this and there is some value into putting some structure around our chaotic brains. I mean, think about it, if we're going to go with the fish analogy, there are still banks on either side of the river that are keeping us in a flow that keeps us from getting too far off off the path. <laughs> a place for everything does have some value. The everything in its place is probably the really hard part of that role, but before I get into that, let's start with the a place for everything. And I just have a few places where I want to bend this and the first one of those is there isn't a right place for everything to go. There would be some organizers who would come into your house and go, oh well let's set your kitchen up. So when we look at the kitchen you're always going to put your glassware next to the fridge and you're going to put your silverware near the table and you're going to put your dishes near the dishwasher and you're going to all of those reasonings that they are going through have have a basis in stuff that makes sense, right? They're trying to create efficiency of placing things where you use them, close to where you use them in an efficient manner. Those are helpful. There's a, Guidelines are, are helpful. Rules are helpful. Doesn't mean they don't need to be bent or broken. And so what I'm, my first cautionary tale is don't listen to anyone else tell you where that right place is for everything in your home. There's more than one right place. There's the right place for you with the way your brain thinks and the way your unique lifestyle needs to carry itself through. You need to give yourself the flexibility of my right space is going to be based on me, not on any of these rules. So if, for instance, and I've used, you know, the, the socks and did they really belong in the dresser drawer before as an example. But one of the ways that I'd like you to think about where is the right place for my things to go when you're thinking about them is a lot of times in order for you to actually put something back, which is the hardest part, is think about where you are at the end of that item's usefulness. So for instance, if you're frustrated because everything ends up at the front door, then Create some organizing at the front door or the back door, whichever ends up being the place where everything gets bogged down. Someone can tell you, oh, you need to never put paperwork on the island. That's that's why that looks so cluttery there. You need to carry it all the way through to your office and put it down over here and that will keep it clean. Not if you're never going to actually walk all the way to your office every time you bring paperwork in the house. Every time your kid's book bag gets opened, where are you? Are you in their room? Do you need to create paperwork organization in their room? Are you at the kitchen table? And you need to figure out the closest place to that to make it make sense. So what I'm asking is think first about where does the task take place that all of this jumble starts happening in? And two, where is the end point? So if your shoes are always kicked under the coffee table in the living room because you don't think to kick them off at the door when you walk in, then you might need to think of where is the closest place to the living room that I might be apt to put these shoes away. It might be that you need a storage on them and instead of kicking them under it, you start throwing them inside of it. I'm saying go ahead and use your beautifully, wonderfully creative brains and say, how do I solve for where this clutter is piled? Because if it keeps ending up there, that's going to be logically where it is. Secondly, when you're like, well, I know this. there's a place for everything in, the, everything in this place. And yet I can never find my keys any morning, no matter what. Even though I have a hook next to the door where keys are supposed to go. Because I don't put them away. They're always in my pocket. And then I have to go through my laundry and find what was the last thing I wore and dig through my pockets and try and remember where those dang keys are as I'm trying to figure out how to rush out the door. Again, this is not a foolproof rule for us, but each time you are changing clothes and you dig into your pocket how many times is it because you're way too far from the key hook to think about this and your brain is just like I don't care and then you forget that you even knew those keys were in your pocket you just started changing because you knew you didn't have the energy to go back down and put them on the key hook what if right inside of your closet there was a place where you hang your keys Well, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. It's so far from the door. Well, how many times are you running away from the door to go look for keys anyway? Or what if there was like a little dish on your bathroom counter and that's where you threw it? What if there was a bowl on top of your dresser and every time you were getting changed out of your work clothes and you hit your your keys in your pocket, you don't care. You just empty all of your pocket into that bowl. At least later when you're going to run out the door you know where to go, you know where to look, because you know where you always end up seeing it and being stuck with it each time anyway. So it was a long winded way to say, just be creative about where the end point is, and don't think about where it should belong. Okay, so that was one thought. Another is, There might be more than one place that makes sense, and for those instances, if it's something that's super easily duplicatable, it's not even a word, something can be easily duplicated, (laughs) Um, store them in both places. You don't have to have it all together. So if you are always reaching for a pair of scissors in the office, and you're always reaching for a pair of scissors in your closet, and you're always reaching for a pair of scissors in the kitchen, then have three pairs of scissors and store them in each of those places. There's no rule that you have to have only one of everything and I know part of what we're saying is oh edit and just have exactly what you need and then you'll be able to keep up with your inventory better. But if you're the kind of person who has caught yourself wanting to do something and then you don't want to walk all the way to get something or you don't want to take the time, if a barrier like that Throws you off from doing something you wanted to do because it's just too hard to go get, then eliminate the barriers by putting duplicates in multiple places. Another thing that I want to go over is the idea of a place for everything and everything in its place can seem so overwhelming when you look around your space and you don't know where anything goes. And so I don't want you to leap to this role as how am I ever going to get there? If you're like, this seems so overwhelming today, Joy, I want you to start by thinking, is there anything in my house that actually has a place? And it usually ends up in that place. And this may take a moment for you to really struggle and think through, but guys, there's almost always something in every client's house I go to that just works and makes sense to them. If it's, Where your toothbrush and toothpaste are and you know where to get them every single time. If it's your coffee mug, if it's your, it's usually utilitarian things like that. Stuff that you use absolutely every day and you know that it's going to be there. The general location of your clothes. Think about that too. If you're never questioning where my clothes are because the closet's a mess, but you know they're in the closet. Or the drawers are a mess, but you know they're in the drawers then you might need to think about macro-organizing more things. It doesn't need to be so individually tiny little categories. A lot can be done with big overarching categories. If you have a giant toy box and all of your kids' toys are in there, they're only going one place to look for toys. It doesn't have to be... A cube style bin with 14 different cubbies, and they've got to figure out which thing goes in which space. So, narrow down if it seems overwhelming to just even if it's, I know what room it should go in, I know what general area of the house it should go in. And as you come across things that aren't in their homes, don't worry about getting them back perfectly. Just start to say, I really believe this should live here, I really believe this should live there. And I've mentioned her before, but Dana K. White from A Slob Clems Clean says one of the first questions you should ask for yourself is if I was going to look for this, where would I go look for it? It's a really great great question when you're trying to figure out where to put it back to. Another thing, I am becoming more and more of a believer that less definitely is more. If you are feeling overwhelmed and you're like, there's no way I can find a place for all of these things. It may truly be because you have too many things. And so this effort to start decluttering is gonna be a real helpful way to start to create this where this rule could work for you. In February, I'm going to actually really work hard to zero in on this sort of decluttering part of our journey to see if we can help alleviate some of that too many things issue. Just as a quick recap in case my brain was all over the place, I do have bullet points here. And the goal for a place for everything and everything in its place was to, number one, be super cautious about feeling like you you were told there was a right place for things to go. Be you. Number two, there may be more than one right place. So don't be afraid to have duplicates. And and let there be two different places where you could find something. Number three, if you feel super overwhelmed to start, take a breath. Take at least acknowledgement of what does work in your house first. And then look at those spaces as a inspiration of believing you can do it in more than just those spaces. Number four, less really is more in the trying to find a place for everything situation. And then number five, but I think I spoke about it out of order, is think about the final destination you are at when you're trying to put something away versus trying to organize it wherever some sort of perfect starting point is supposed to be. So it's kind of a flip way to think about it. If there is a place for everything, this everything in its place is still its own battle. And we can talk about that at a different time. But it is truly easier to put things back when you honestly know they have a home. So let's start with the first part and then we'll work towards the second part. Shifting gears here for a second. Super excited to share that my contest winners for the 30 minute virtual organizing sessions called Jumpstart with Joy, my uh, podcast review winner means that they went and did a review on the podcast, is Carissa. So, Carissa, I'm so excited to get to do a 30-minute virtual with you. The two winners from my Facebook group are Carrie and Emily. So if there could be more than one of you with those names, (laughs) stay tuned if you get an email from me. That means it was you. And if you don't get an email from me and you're just curious because maybe I have your email wrong, don't hesitate to shoot me a DM or send me an email joy at com, and just say, hey, Sir, chance I was the winner of that? And I do have last names, but I just don't know out of anonymity how much I'm supposed to protect those. So I will tell you if it was you or not. <laughs> so hopefully you'll be excited to win those and we'll get scheduled on how to do those virtual organizing sessions. And I would love to do a follow up on the podcast sometime about how you guys feel those went. Until next time, thank you again so much for putting up with this sort of foggy brain stuffy head of mine and continue to choose joy.